Hey guys, Darren Watts here. Uh, before we get into this podcast, I just want to throw a disclaimer out there for everybody that's listening. Firstly, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to me. But if anybody is listening to this podcast for the sake of advice, well, for the sake of actually trying to solicit advice from a professional, professional, then I'm not your guy. I would recommend that you listen to another podcast that has just that, a professional mental health personnel, psychologist, and all of them. But if you're listening to me just to hear my story, hear other people's story, and just solicited uh, some knowledge or some educational stuff from what I read, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. But other than that, thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. of Breaking Mental Health with Duro. I am Duro. So today, we're going to look at adult mental health of 2017. And we're going to talk about um, Texas Governor Greg Abbott and his brilliant decision to solving gun control problems. I'll have that for you, so stay tuned. Have that for you in a hot second. So yesterday, we talked about the stats for 2016 of adult mental health. Um, There's been still um, a little bit of increase, which could change at any given moment. Um, Now, we're going to go ahead and take a look at uh, the stats for 2017. So, let's see how this will work out. <clears throat> the prevalence of mental illness, adults with any mental illness. 18.29% of adults struggle with mental health problems annually. This equals to 43.7 million Americans. Adults 
with dependence or abuse of illicit drug or alcohol. 8.47% of adults in America report having a substance use or alcohol problem. Adults with serious thoughts of suicide. The percentage of adults reporting serious thoughts of suicide is 3.94%. The estimated number of adults with serious suicidal thoughts equals 9.4 million individuals. Suicide. 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 I've always speaking speaking. I've always spoken about suicide and especially, you know, once that do come hit close to home, you know, there's a lot of things that you really don't want to take take for granted in your life. And, you know, suicide is definitely, definitely one of them. So it's a it's still a big number that I feel that needs to be cleaned up, fixed up, and hopefully that everybody can get the care that they deserve. But right now it's hard because of work stops, I mean work shortages and you know, government just not putting money into it and I'm going to prove that point here in a hot minute um, as soon as I'm done with discussing the stats. Adult ex access to care. Adults with AMI who did not receive treatment. 56.5% of adults with mental illness received no treatment. Lack of access to treatment is slowly improving. In 2011, 59% of adults with a mental health problem did not receive any mental health treatment. A reasons for not receiving treatment can be individual or systemic. It takes time for people to recognize that the struggles they are experiencing are symptoms of a mental health problem. 84% of, of the time between when a person first experiences symptoms and first engages in treatment is spent not recognizing the symptoms of mental illness. Providing people with accessible and easy screening tools and encouraging primary care physicians to screen and ask about mental health problems unnecessary in reducing untreated mental illness. Adults with AMI reporting unmet needs. One out of five, which is 20.3% adults with a mental illness report, they are not able to get the treatment they need. States with the highest level of unmet need, with the bottom 10, are 1.6 times more likely to have people report unmet need. Unlike the number of people with mental illness who did not receive treatment, the individuals who are reporting unmet need are seeking treatment and facing barriers to getting the help they need. Once a person recognizes that they may have a mental health problem, finding support, especially the right kind of support, is often difficult. Several systemic barriers to accessing care includes lack of insurance or inaccurate insurance, lack of available treatment providers, 
lack of available treatment types, inpatient treatment, individual therapy, intensive community services, insufficient finances to cover costs, including co-pays, uncovered treatment types, or when providers do not take insurance. Adult with AMI who are uninsured. 17%, which is over 7.5 million of adults with a mental illness, remain uninsured. With a national focus of health care access, the uninsured rate is improving. In 2011, 19% of stu students, adults with mental illness, were uninsured. Alabama, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and New Mexico had the largest increase in access to mental health coverage among adults. Unfortunately, having insurance coverage does not mean access to needed treatment. 56.5% of adults with mental illness received no treatment in the past year. For those seeking treatment, 20.3% continue to report unmet treatment needs. Adults with disability, disability who could not see a doctor due to cost. 22.94% of adults with disability were not able to see a doctor due to cost. The inability to pay for treatment due to high treatment costs and or inaccurate insurance coverage remains a barrier for those individuals despite being insured. People with mental health problems have 2.5 wow, to 7 times greater odds of facing barriers to medical care. 50% of adults who, are, who were untreated didn't receive treatment because of cost. These barriers include not having access to primary care physician, not being able to get the need, uh, me needed medical care, not having access to needed medication, and delayed medical treatment because of cost. These are pretty big numbers, despite the fact that they're still actually um, improving in what they would say in some case. Um, but I still think that regardless to it, and you know, I mentioned it a million times, and including yesterday, I mentioned it also, that the fact that um, most of these mental health um, access for a lot of um, of the adults, um, they're showing that despite them getting the care, that does not mean that they're actually getting the treatment, rather they're insured of health insurance or not. And that kind of puts it in the predicament of when, not if, you know. Because you would rather be more like, okay, I'm getting insurance, okay, I'm getting health care, right? But you're supposed to be getting treatments for anything. You're supposed to be getting treatments. Man, guess what? They're not getting it, and it goes unmet. And that's the one big problem that's being faced in this situation that they're getting, you know, people are getting health care, but they're not getting, you know, treatments of any sort.
and I have mentioned it, well, it's been mentioned in the first week of youth mental health and is being mentioned now due to the fact that, you know, there's a, still a big number of increases and decreases, they're still not providing treatment. Yeah, big problem. And that has to really change within all of the states. Regardless if they have the best access or regardless they have the poorest access. That has to change because mental health is way far more important. And we're still losing a lot of people, rather if it's youth, rather if it's adults. We're losing a lot of people to suicide. We're losing a lot of people because they're being incarcerated. And it shouldn't have to be that way. Why are we incarcerating people with mental health issues? That's not solving the problem. That is not fucking solving the problem. I would never understand for the life of me that anybody that is suffering through a mental health episode that they would actually literally send them to jail. Why? So it could just be one something you read off your report and move on to the next? Or you get to go home? You know, that don't make sense to me. That would never, ever make sense to me. As we speak of that, let me let me read. I think I've already read it, but if I did, um, in the first week, if I've already read it, good. Uh, it needs to be uh, read again. I'm going to read this stats about incarceration. Now, I just want y'all to listen to it. So access to care ranking versus adult incarceration rates. 1.2 million individuals living with mental illness sit in jail and prison each year. Often their involvement with the criminal justice system begins with low-level offenses like jaywalking, disorderly conduct, or trespassing. In 2015, the Sentencing Project ranked the states based on the number of people incarcerated in state prison per 100,000 residents, comparing state-by-state -state rates of incarceration with the access to mental health care ranking shows a strong positive correlation between rates of adults who are in the criminal justice system and a lack of access to mental health care. The states with less access to mental health care have more, I'm sorry, who are in the criminal justice system. Let me read that again. I think I skipped something. The states with less access to mental health care have more adults who are in the criminal justice system. Six out of ten of the states with the least access to mental health care also had the highest rates of incarceration. These states include Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, Georgia, and Florida. The chart shows the ranking of states 
based on the rate of adult incarceration per 100,000 people, the access to care ranking is the corresponding sum of scores for each state. The 10 states with the most access to care are highlighted in purple, and the 10 states with the least amount of access to care are highlighted in red. The highest state, number one, is Maine. State imprisonment per 100,000, ranked lowest to highest, is 153. And the access to care ranking, the sum of scores, minus 8.29271. And the last one is 50, Louisiana, 816 and 4.597961. More than half of all Americans in prison or jail have a mental illness. Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama have the least access to care and the highest rates of imprisonment. There are over 57,000 people with mental health conditions in prison and jail in those states alone. That's enough to fill Madison Square Garden three times. I've read that. So, they also have solutions to incarceration. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm just going to read what they have in solution, which is invest in real diversion, invest in services, ensure continuity of care, start early. Them are the solutions that they have, you know, for incarceration. And let me share a quick example, a quick brief example of this research proving their point. The Dodgers player that uh, I discussed back in, um, I think it was either a couple of weeks ago, I think it was back in the first week of uh, youth mental health. I think it's Andrew Tolman, if that's his name. I'm pretty sure it was Andrew Tolman because um, I remember looking at that name just in case I needed to look at him again. So I'm looking at it now to see if that's what it was. No, I'm sorry. It was Andrew Tolls. Wow. How did I botch that one? Andrew Tolls. He was the former player that played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they keep signing him on to one-year contracts so he can still have access to mental health, you know, to uh, health care. I'm sorry, to health care, which was the best gesture that the Dodgers ever made. He's a prime example of this stat right here. But except he did his in 20, either I think it was 2021 or 2022. He did his. He, of course, got arrested for trespassing. He was sleeping. I think it was behind an airport at the time. Um, I'm pretty sure I got that wrong. If anybody want to go back to it, I think it was... Uh, I couldn't remember what it is. So I ain't even going to say that. But he got arrested, and he got sent off to jail. And that right there is a prime, perfect example of people being incarcerated. He had a mental health issue. He had a mental health problem. He had a mental health, mental health illness. 
He suffered from depression. I think he also was diagnosed with schizophrenia. These people need to be more into the mental health institution and not in jail. Now, I talked about Zach Stacy the other day, where his ass needs to actually be in jail for actually doing what he did. You know, he did the crime. He needs to do the time. You know, and while his ex-girlfriend was like, yeah, he needs to be more into a mental health institution. He deserves to have um, you know, to be in the uh, mental health institution. Yes, he does. Absolutely. 100%. I'm all for it. But he still has to serve his time. It wouldn't be fair. For people like people that got away, damn near got away with it. Alvin Kamara, uh, Kareem Hunt, Ray Rice, you know. People have to be held more accountable for what they have done. They have to be held accountable. So, but they also have to bring the proof to the table too in order for it to stick. But that's a separate story for another time. Um, but that's just a pure example of how Americans are being incarcerated with mental health issues versus being sent to a mental health institution, especially with the uh, workforce being on a shortage. It's bizarre. Okay, so check this out. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says to stop mass shootings, Texas must improve mental health care. A 25 billion dollar investment hasn't been enough. Let me throw a spoiler out there. I'm just going to throw this spoiler even before I read this article. This is from the Texas Tribune. The state of Texas since Abbott been into the office in 2015 has, in, has invested over 25 billion dollars to improve mental health. Since that has happened, there has been seven mass shootings since he took the office in 2015. Do that tell you that mental health is the problem? No, it do not. No, it doesn't. Mental health rarely has nothing to do with this. And you're investing $25 billion. Where the hell is that going? And to be the better question. I think somebody needs to look into that. So less than 24 hours after a gunman killed eight people at an Allen Outlet mall. Governor Greg Abbott took the Fox News airways and quickly swatted down questions about gun reforms. He said, I quote, we've seen an increased number of shootings in states with easy gun laws as well as states with very strict gun laws. End quote. From there, he steered the conversation away from guns as he has done 
before following mass shootings in Santa Fe, El Paso, and Uvalde. Three of seven mass shootings in Texas since the governor took office in 2015. And supplanted with a push for more mental health services in the state. He said, I quote, And what Texas is doing in a big time way without working to address that anger and violence by going to its root cause which is dressing, addressing the mental health problems behind it. People want a quick solution. The long-term solution here is to address the mental health issue. Now, before I continue, let me be the first to say, when it comes to gun reform, do not, and I absolutely say it, do not throw out the mental health card if your ass has spent $25 billion and nothing to show for it. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. And he did it. He did it. Once again, to date, Texas has invested $25 billion during Abbott's watch as part of a statewide behavioral health plan to address the state's floundering mental health system as demand continues to grow with the state's booming population. It, it's a tremendous dollar amount to be sure, but one that has done little to lift Texas nationally when it comes to mental health offerings. In 2022, the state ranked dead last when it comes to access to mental health services, according to the Mental Health America, a nonprofit advocacy group. We're going to get to 2022, but that's going to be later in the week. I want to say it's going to be Sunday. Sunday the 21st. The last day of uh, uh, adult mental health. But we're going to look at it. I'm going to see if it's actually sitting in there. I'm going to look at it. I got to see if it's on there. Is it the dead, uh, red dead last? I want to look at it. Today, 98% of Texas, uh, 254 counties were wholly or partially designated by the federal government as mental health professional shortage areas. Yes, I can agree to that. Also unclear is how all this funding is supposed to reach potentially violent shooters. While studies consistently show that most mental, health, mental illness doesn't lead to mass violence, there's been a psychiatric component linked to all seven mass shootings in Texas during Abbott's term as governor. A representative Ray Lopez said this, and I quote, while mental health is undoubtedly a critical piece of the puzzle when it comes to preventing mass shootings, it is also essential to address the opportunity to individuals to acquire firearms. End quote. The San Antonio Democrat this year proposed House Bill 2148 that would have studied veteran deaths caused by suicide to find a percentage of veterans who were diagnosed with mental health problems or were receiving medication at the time of their death. The bill never made it to the House floor. He also said this, and I quote, The reality is that the firearms can potentially end up in the hands of anyone 
in everyone, including those who are mentally unstable, experiencing distress or lack of maturity. This presents a significant challenge that must be tackled in order to ensure public safety. End quote. Guns and mental illness. Despite polling that shows 76% of Texas voters favor some gun uh, restrictions, Republicans here who have controlled the Texas legislature since 2003 have steered clear of gun restrictions. In fact, since 2000, Texas lawmakers have approved more than 100 bills that loosen gun restrictions. And just this week, an attempt to raise the minimum age to buy semi-automatic rifles appears to have failed after it lost its momentum when it was left off the Texas House's agenda ahead of a key deadline. Mental illness has been considered a factor in all seven mass shooting events in Texas since 2015. Shortly after Michael Johnson killed five Dallas police officers during a Black Lives Matter protest, it was revealed that the 25-year-old gunman, a former Army soldier, had shown signs of post-traumatic stress disorder, but he was not formally diagnosed with the condition. In 2012, five years before Devin Kelly shot and killed 26 church members in Sutherland Springs, he escaped from a mental health facility while in the Air Force after he attacked his wife and stepson and made threats to superiors. Patrick Casiris was reportedly in a psychotic state after he was arrested for killing 23 people in the El Paso Walmart in 2019. His lawyers say their client has a history of mental disabilities. Seth Actor, who was killed after he fatally shot seven people in Midland in Odessa in 2019, had failed a gun background check because of a mental defect. Court ruling in his past and purchased the AR-15 he used in 2019 from another person, who was later sentenced to federal prison for the transaction. Demetrios Pagortis, accused of killing 10 people in the 2018 Santa Fe high school shooting, has yet to be prosecuted because he has been confined at a state psychiatric hospital after it was determined he has been, so far, incompetent to stand trial. Although Salvador Ramos, Ramos the 18-year-old shooter who killed 21 people at Rob Elementary, exhibited signs of depression and committed acts of violence towards animals, there is no evidence he ever received psychiatric diagnosis or any mental health assistance in the town that he was starved for mental health services before the deadly attack nearly a year ago. And this week, officials say that Marucchio Garcia, who killed seven people in the Allen, in Allen, was removed from Army basic training because of mental health concerns. Since Abbott has been governor, and particularly after mass shootings, there's been an increase in dollars set aside for more mental health services. But mental health experts say the funding of services isn't the only answer to mass shootings. And they point to how what Texas actually funds is actually more reactive than preventive. Allison Moore Bower, uh, the policy director of Hogg Foundation for Mental Health, said this, and I quote, There have been some increases in various mental health programs since the shooting in the Uvalde. It has not been to the level to impact structural barriers that many Texans face trying to uh, access care. End quote. The state's mental health system is ranked low 
because access is limited in rural areas of the state due to lack of providers. Plus the, equal, plus the quality is uneven. Costs are high and too many people are currently uninsured. About 20% of Texas do not have health insurance. Still, Ab Abbott has not elaborated on how his push to fund more mental health services is supposed to reach potential mass shooters and prevent future claustrophobics. His office did not respond to questions about how to about how more mental health programs are supposed to do that. So, a closer look at the funding. This year, a Texas Health and Humane, I mean, I'm sorry, Humane, Human Services Commission report confirmed that Abbott has invested more than the states into the state's mental health systems with their budgets increasing year over year. The report states that mental health funding has increased about $1.1 billion from 2018 to 2019 Binium to the 2022-23 Binium. Uh, the funding report uh, supports a variety of programs and multiple agencies and articles, including outpatient and inpatient mental health services at the Health and Human Services Commission, behavioral health services provided through Medicaid and CHIP, and payments made to provide to providers to promote and improve access to services. That's what the port, uh, report uh, states. Uh, Governor Abner has always worked diligently to fund, fully fund and expand mental health programs and services for Texas. Um, spokesperson Andrew Mallory said for uh, the governor. Abbott made addressing the statewide health, mental health needs an emergency item in the 2019 legislative session. That year, he signed into law the Texas Child Mental Health Consortium and the Child Psychiatric Access Network, which is designed to intervene and treat children with adolescents showing signs of emotional distress. The expansion of mental health services continues to be a priority for the governor and legislator. As a current budget discusses looking a look at increasing mental health funding from $8.9 billion to more than $11 billion. While the funding has increased and some preventative services has been created, the best example being the state's Child Mental Health Consortium, nothing seems to be showing, uh, slowing the rate of mass shootings in Texas. Mental health experts say the profession isn't the only answer to mass shootings and that state leaders need to expand their focus. Bowers said this, and I quote, it's important to note that the majority of people with mental health conditions are not violent, and focusing on mental health can only increase that stigma. Greg Hodge, the, the executive director of the Texas chapter of the National Alliance on Mental Illness, said the state needs to look beyond child and community services, saying investments need to be made where distressed adults intersect with government, government and hospitals. <sighs> oh my God, this article gets more and more stupider. By the minute. A strong effort has been made to fund mental health in Texas, but we still have a long way to go. The state would be well served to focus more attention on increasing funding for first episode psychosis treatment, uh, crisis services, mental health workforce initiative, and jail diversion. Also, a lot of money has gone into upgrading the state psychiatric hospital system. This inpatient, inpatient system treats the most seriously mental, mentally ill patients in the state. Which, I'm sorry, most of which 
come from the state's jails. Of the $25 billion set aside for mental health in the state of budget over the past nine, nine years, at least $4 billion has been renovating, constructing, and staffing state hospitals. Both Hodge and Hogg's Foundation's Bowler point to how Texas needs a more specific plan that includes how to recruit more healthcare workers, intervenes more directly, and provides such universal access that everyone in this vast state can easily find services, not just children and those accused of a crime in large urban areas. We recognize that there is a need for more funding going to prevention, early intervention and supports for anyone who needs access, rather than only focusing on funding for those in the highest level of crisis. Unfortunately, funding alone does not ensure equitable access to services across the state. Okay, I'm just going to leave this there, and I'm just going to say this real quick. If you're seeing $25 billion into mental health and the, the money is raising over year, over year, over year, over year, but you're still having fucking seven mass shootings during the time that Abbott was in office. What the fuck do you think the problem is? It sure the hell ain't mental health. It's the gun. The gun. So here's an easy solution. Reform the gun control. Boom. It will take time, but if we actually, if they actually reform the gun control, that could very well 80% help. 80%. Mental health, people with mental health has absolutely nothing to do with all of the mass shootings that's been going on. They got their hands on the gun and boom, they're killing people. Left and right. Because it's easy for them to get access. Even if the hardest gun reform law, or rather gun restrictions, like Abbott said, it'll be harder for other states, or the law is that much harder in other states to have a gun. The whole point is, is that you need to actually think about reform here and controlling the gun aspect here because your $25 billion is not doing shit to the mental health. And then on top of that, you have work shortages with all the mental health um, um, workers. That shit is not helping. If you're going to invest the $25 billion it has to be a better job of how you plan everything. Lack of planning did not help this. And that's exactly why all the lists that I have named of people being accused of killing something or someone or a building is part of this $25 billion mental health issue. What the hell? It don't make sense to me. I'm sorry. It just don't. So, 
If anybody have any thoughts on this, please let me know. Email me or hit me up on uh, Twitter or Instagram. But that's all I have, y'all. I appreciate y'all's time. I appreciate y'all listening to me. I very, very well appreciate it. Um, join me tomorrow. We're going into 2018 uh, adult mental health stats. We're going to look at that and any other things that I choose to talk about. So join me tomorrow. I'll have that for you. Um, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Love University and Instagram, Love University. Email me, breakingmiddleh at gmail.com. Rap, share our feelings, talk, whatever. I don't care. Let's talk. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes to listening, you're one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.